Praise the Lord. I guess I'm taking over now. <laughs> well, I'm just going to yield it and let God take over. How about Amen. that? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Right? <laughs> Amen. It's good to see everyone here today. Amen. 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 You know, for it being a nice, brisk day outside, kind of, kind of a nice change, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, last night it was a little bit too cold. But, you know, today it's beautiful. Uh, it's good to see everyone. Uh, you know, I, I came across a, uh, something that I read this morning, and uh, it just kind of sparked an interest. You may be seeing it. You may be seeing it. We're just going to kind of take our time and let God kind of do what he wants this morning. I was reading a, a devotion today, and they were talking about how that the world wants peace. You know, people are searching for peace. And... Uh, they, they said that in the 20th century, his, historians have estimated the, the number of deaths that took place in wars in the 20th century trying to, uh, you know, trying to achieve worldwide peace. Anybody have any rough idea how, how, that, how that number kind of looks? They said that if you take the, the number that roughly over that 100-year period, every hour there were 100 lives that were lost for that entire 100-year period through wars for men trying to achieve peace. They, 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 want, they, they want the world to have peace. And, uh, you know, just history alone tells us that through our own natural means, we're not going to find peace. Right. Man cannot achieve peace on his own. But you know, I, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking how that in our church, in the churches today, we find a place of peace through, through Christ, through God. We, we can come in here and there's that, that blessed feeling of peace. We can come together as people from different nations, different races, different backgrounds, different ages, all kinds of differences in, our, in who we are. But we come together in a peaceful uh, uh, union, and we're all here for a common goal. That's what the world is looking for, and, and there's no way that they're going to find it on their own. The only way that they're going to achieve that it's through Jesus Christ. And oh, I'm, I'm so thankful that, that I have found and have developed that relationship with him that I can be at peace. Oh, the world could be in turmoil, but there's a peace that passes all understanding that can wash over us and just be all that we have need of. Oh, I'm, I'm so thankful for that today. Anybody here today that you, uh, you, you just have felt that peace of God this week? You, you've uh, had some situations arise, and instead of, you know, getting all upset and worry and fear and, 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 and anxiety, the peace of God just kind of moved in, and you're like, you know what? It's going to be all right. Oh, I thank God so much. That, that in those times of need, all we have to do is just whisper that name. Yeah. We can just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I need some help. Yeah. Lord, you, you need to, I, I need that peace that only you can send. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and he's so faithful. He'll just allow that just to wash right in and, and just flood our souls. Amen. I thank God for that. I, uh, I, I've kind of taken a little diversion this morning here. I, I know you find that unusual, but... Uh, <laughs> I've asked Brother Chris if he would just come and, and just kind of greet the the uh, congregation today. Just kind of uh, kind of exhort for just a minute. Just talk to us and whatever whatever's on his heart. Just uh, kind of address the congregation, brother brother Hilton. If you wouldn't mind just coming and just uh, let me let God use you for a moment here. I tell you what, I, I am so thankful for this young man for his life. For the ministry that he has, Amen. for what he's doing, for the way that God is using him and his, and his wife. Amen. And I just believe that there is such a great anointing on this young man. Yeah. Yeah. God has done great things through him and in him, and they're going to continue. Amen. And I, I believe God has great things for, for you and, and ministry that, that you're going to accomplish. Amen. And I'm just, I'm so pleased to have you here with us. Caught a little off guard here this morning. Yes. <laughs> Amen. But God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Um, you know, Pastor Mark was talking about, you know, just finding peace. You know, and, and that peace, that that peace that we're talking about, the peace that surpasses all understanding. That kind of peace only comes through Jesus Christ. You know, and as we were singing those songs today, that last song, you know, it, talking about it, and I never heard that song before, so thank you for introducing me to a new song. Amen. But one of, if, I, if I remember correctly, one of the uh, sentences or verses or just, you know, talking about Jesus making that invitation to everybody to come and, and lay down your burdens and bring your problems to him. And... I don't know about you, but, you know, I've, I've found in, in dealing with, with humans sometimes, even in the church, they just don't have the answer. They just don't. And that's just the reality of it. That no matter how uh, educated they are, um, no, no matter how much uh, experience they have in, in, in certain things in life, they, you know, whether they're old, young, you just, you just find that there's sometimes that you can't go to anybody else but Jesus. And what blows my mind about him is that, and this is kind of where I was going, no one in, in today's world, after, you know, uh, what is it, post-pandemic, uh, post-2020, I, I, I don't really see much people saying, hey, uh, come bring your issues to me. Right. I, I, I can't tell the last time I picked up my phone and told somebody, hey, uh, you know, if you're going through hell, you can come find me. Yeah. I'm just being honest. I can't tell the last time somebody picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, if you're going through hell, you can bring your problems to me. That's right. But we serve a God who says, come unto me, all who labor and are. 
and I'll give you rest. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that says, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what problems you face. Bring your issues to me. Now, that's one aspect of it. The next aspect of it is you can go to somebody with your issues and they just simply don't have the answer. Right. That's right. So finding somebody that's willing to deal with your issue is one thing, but actually finding a person who is able to help you is a whole different ballgame. But again, we know somebody that we can go to. We know somebody that we can call on. And his name is Jesus Christ. I've been in a very uh, interesting season where, and I guess it's just, you know, as you uh, operate in the office of an evangelist, um, you know, they, they make these jokes about evangelists that, you know, they, they can just preach the same message for like the next 20, 30 years. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I've been going to place to place and, you know, my, my sermons kind of haven't changed much. Um, but there's like one uh, pressing uh, theme that, that the Lord just keeps feeding every church that I go to, every church that I go to. And somehow, and it's the word of God. The word of God is revelatory. It's, it's not outdated. It's, it's, it's just, it's always revelatory, right? Right, that's right. He just, he, he's always having me remind people that no matter what, he is God. Amen. That's right. Amen. No matter what, no matter what situation you face, no matter the times that we live in, he is God. That's right. That's right. Amen. Go back to the book of Exodus. God's people are in slavery. They're, they're, they're going through very trying time it's it's been it's been years since this has been going on and they're they're crying out to god and the word of the lord says that god heard them aren't you glad that you had served a god that hears you yeah. bible also goes on to say that i that, that that he saw as well he saw their issues saw that what they were going through aren't you glad that you serve a god that sees as well yeah. but not only that but he says listen now i'm about to do something about what they're going through People will see you going through stuff. They'll hear about your issues. Can't do anything about it. Don't do anything about it. Not my problem. You figure it out, Pastor Mark. That's not my issue. I got my own problems that I'm dealing with. But the Lord says, no, no, no. I'm going to do something about this. And so he finds a man and he says, hey, Moses, listen, I need you to go. And um, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to bring my people out of this, 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 this situation, this trial, this test that they've been going through for a long time. That's right. and Moses, Moses understands that, hey, when you're dealing with humans, <laughs> when you're dealing with people, you know, they like to question your authority. Like, you know, who, who died and put you as Lord over us? You know, yes. who died and made you boss all of a sudden? That's right. And the Lord says, listen, tell them that the I am that I am sent you. And this is such a pressing, this is a pressing theme that the Lord just, everywhere I go, he's wanting to remind people that he is the I am that I am. And I don't want to take up too much time, but I want you to think about this with me. So right now, Pastor Mark 
if you know he, he runs into somebody he's, he meets for the first time and they say, hey, I'm Mark Jones. I am a pastor. I am a pastor. A hundred years from now, you know, unless the Lord is super merciful to Pastor Mark. <laughs> but he won't be saying the same thing. Right. Even if he is alive, he, he, the, the conversation would probably go something like this, Brother TV. I am Mark Jones. I was a pastor. There are a lot of people who were I ams that are now I was. That's good. That's right. That's good. And so when you dig into when you dig into that 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 term, when he says, listen, tell them that the I am sent you, that is such a powerful statement. He is declaring his godness in that moment to his people. That's right. He, he, he's setting the tone for what is to come. Not just in that moment. It, it, it's a term of progressive revelatory nature. What are you talking about, Brother Chris? And that's a little, I guess... Bible scholarly term that people use. But but let me let me let me just break it down and I'll get out of the way. Hopefully this will help somebody today. When he tells Moses to tell the people of Israel that the I am sent you, what he was trying to tell them, what he was trying to relate to them was listen, every time you find yourself in a situation. No matter what it is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how hopeless it seems, no matter how dark it seems, I am. Think about that. Whatever you need me to be, I am. Thank you, Jesus. Not I need to be that. Not I have to go research it to become that. Not I have to go through four years of college to get a degree to learn how to do that. No, it's already in my nature. I am. Brother Carlos, I write you a blank check. Pay it to the order of Carlos Million, and I leave the amount blank. <laughs> Why? Because it's already in my resource. There's no amount that you can write on that check that I don't have in my resource already to meet. Because. <laughs> and so, what God was trying to tell Israel was this whatever you need me to be. I am. I can. You cannot exhaust my resources. And so, 
There's a blank check written for us today. And I don't know what you need from God. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what storm. I don't know what trial. I don't know what sickness. I don't know what disease. I don't know what, what family issues. I don't know. But there is a blank check and you cannot exhaust the resources of So here's the good part about it. You don't have to do like they did back in the Old Testament. You don't have to cry for Jehovah Jireh when you need provision. You don't have to cry for Jehovah Shalom when you need peace. Right. Tyreek got it. You've got a name. You want to know what to write on that check this morning? You just need to write Jesus. Everything that he is is wrapped up and tied up in the DNA of the name of Jesus Christ. And so if you need healing today, you just need to lift your hands and begin calling on Jesus. You need peace, just lift your hands and begin calling on Jesus. You need hope, just lift your hands and begin calling on the name of Jesus because he is the I am that I am. I don't know what you're facing today, but I dare you to begin writing an amount on that check. I dare you to begin lifting your hands and calling on the name of Jesus Christ and watch it show up for you. Oh, hallelujah! Come on, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think this morning. Come on, what do you need from God today? He's saying all you need to do is call on my name. What do you need God to do in your life today? He's saying all you have to do is call on my name. The doctors, they got to go do research. They have to go look up the answer. The lawyers, they have to go do research. They have to go look up the answer. God says, listen, I am. It's already in me. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need to look anywhere else. I am. I am. I, I'm sick. Well, I am your healer. Well, I, I, I need finances. Listen, I am your provider. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord.
Hallelujah. Oh, oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, just have your way, God. Lord, we're not in a hurry. God. Lord, do as you desire right now, God. Woo. Lord, you can answer those prayers right now because you are. You are the eye. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I am that I am. There is no other but me. I am everything. Everything you need is in me. Look nowhere else, but keep your eyes on me. I am everything. I am everything. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as Brother Hilton was up here speaking today, I, I thought about how in the Old Testament, over and over and over again, the, it, it, it brings out the significance and the importance of, of, of looking back on the generations before you and seeing what God has done. And, you know, a lot of times, like Brother Chris was saying, you know, you, you look back and, and I, that, that, that was right. something. Right. But God had them look back to see what he had done in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and then he kept reminding them, I'm still that. Amen. I'm still that. Yes. You know, I mean... Uh, it, in the Old Testament, the scripture there talks to the to the to the parents and specifically to the father, saying, Listen, you need to teach these things diligently to your children. Right. You need to rehearse right. these things. Yeah. You, you need to go over them again and again and again. Mm -hmm. I, I used to hate trying to memorize things in school. Because the only way you can memorize things is you have to go over them again. And again and again. And God says, listen, you need to memorize who I am. You, you need to look back. and you, you It doesn't need to be something that you just randomly talk about. But you need to rehearse in, in your mind and to others the things that God does. The things that he has done. We, we need to dig back into the Old Testament and see the God that, that worked the miracles and made the provision and brought them out and kept his hand upon them. That fought mighty battles for them where they never had to lift a finger and they destroyed the enemy. Oh, and we need to realize that that is the same God that, that is with us today. It doesn't matter 
matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what enemy's coming against you. It doesn't matter what sickness. It doesn't matter what need. It doesn't matter where you know where you are or what's going on. He is still the I am, and he is still all that you need. More than enough. Yeah. He can oh, yeah. supply all my needs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he always looks out for me. Amen. Oh, thank God. I've, I've got someone that's looking over my shoulder going, let me, let me see what dangers are, are ahead of you. Let me take care of you. Uh oh, wait a minute. Don't go over there, Mark. Come on, come on over this way. There's danger over there. That's right. That's right. Amen. Woo. Wow. Amen. Well, Chris, Amen. thank you for that this morning. for this it was it was kind of a, a uh, an intentional thing on my part but Chris I put you on the spot this morning I know I did but you know what sometimes the best things come when, when we haven't put ourselves into them but we just say God I'm yours speak through me and that's exactly what God did with you this morning he spoke through you and gave us that you take from, from this simple pastor. It's the same thing. You don't need to rehearse what you're going to say when you're out here talking. That's right. That's right. Listen, this gray hair is not here by accident. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to try to figure it all out. That's right. But when you're out and about and you're, you're wherever you are and the opportunity arises, don't worry about what you're going to say. You let God speak through it. God knows what that person needs. God knows what he wants to do for that person. You just open yourself up and say, okay, God, use me. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you. All right, I'm going to be quick today. I'll get you out of here by 1230. <laughs> Man, I feel daggy. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Um, I, I, I want to share with you... Uh, I don't know, maybe some more, more teaching. I, I don't know exactly how God's going to go with this today, but, but um, I want to share, share a thought with you today. I've, I've entitled it, the, uh, the Choice is Yours. Okay? Um, scripture reference that I've, uh, that I've put with this is Joel chapter 3, verse 14. 13, for those of you from, you know, wherever that language is spoken. <laughs> 14. And the scripture says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. But the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And I, I want to talk to us a little bit today about decisions and choices. Hmm. Lord, God, I love you and I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for all that you've already done here and God for what you're going to do here today. Lord, I give you praise. I pray that you'll anoint us today. Lord, let us let us be pleasing in your sight today, God. 
Lord, we receive your word right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you greet someone as you seated today? shows us or tells us depends on if you're reading or listening uh, it tells us that um, the average adult makes more than 35,000 decisions every day it's a lot you know I mean you think about that you know you can do the math but you know if you got up at 6 you know you're already 5 hours into the day you know, I don't know how many that, that works out to an hour, but the amount of decisions that you've already made today is staggering. That's right. You've made thousands of decisions already today. That's right. There's a thing that's called decision fatigue. Anybody ever heard of that? We all face it sometimes. We all face decision fatigue. Now, some of you, uh, you know, it may happen in different ways. You know, you may have been at work all day and you've been making decisions and, and just everything. It seems like it's just, you've got to, you know, you've got to handle this. And, and you, man, you come home and you're just like, Ugh. And, and you, you know, you come home and you look at your wife and you say, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> I don't know, what do you want? Listen, anything at all, as long as I don't have to choose. You can feed me dirt as long as I don't have to pick where we're getting it. I, I know, you know, uh, some, some of you that are the, the primary chefs in the household, I'm sure that you face deci decision fatigue when day after day after day, you become the meal planner. And, and there's times where you go, listen, y'all pick. Tell me what you want. I, I don't want to be the meal planner anymore. Can, can I get an amen, son? Amen. <laughs> you know, we have to make so many choices in our life, and, and it can be a daunting task. And so... God makes, he, he recognizes that there are choices that we have to make when it comes to our spiritual life. That's right. And so God makes the process easy. That's right. He, he doesn't, you know, if, if, we had to, if we had to pick today a place that everyone here would like to go to lunch, can you imagine what a daunting task that would be? How many of you here love, it's your, it's your primary thing, you love Italian food? All right, so we got four or five. Brother Carlos, you didn't raise your hand. I know better. You can't tell me you don't like Italian food. How many of you, your primary thing is maybe uh, Mexican? Yeah, man. How, how many of you, it's, it's 
it's more towards that, uh, you know, that, that Latin American, you know, because there's a difference between Mexican and, and, you know, Cuban and Puerto Rican and all of that, you know. See, I, man, I lean towards that. But, but if we had to try to make a choice and say, all right, we're going to go to one restaurant today. All of us are going to get this, you know, we're going to get a, a, a big area and we're just going to pack this restaurant. Man, we'd have to go through all that. Well, I don't like that over there. Oh, okay, well, let's find something that everybody likes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's go to Publix and we'll just eat there. How about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, listen, there's got to be something there you like, you like to eat. But, you know, God makes it easy because he only gives us two choices. That's right. There's two choices, and that's it. That's right. <clears throat> the Bible uh, talks about these, and he, and, and he makes that decision so easy for us because it's life or death. That's right. It's blessing or curse. Right. You, you choose between the two. Let me just share some scriptures with you uh, about choices that are talked about in the Bible. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30 and verse 19. Moses is uh, speaking here, and this is what he sets before the people of God. He gives them a choice, and he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. On this side, we have life and bless, blessings. And on this side, we have death and cursings. That's right. That's right. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Yes. Amen. You know, today, we, we would phrase it a little bit different. We talk about the life and the blessings and the death and the cursings. But instead of saying, you know, choose life. We say, listen, don't be stupid. Don't don't make a don't make a bad choice. Right. You know, come on, use your brain. Right. It, it's a it's a no brainer question. Nobody wants cursing and death. Right. We want life. We want blessing. That's right. Amen. Joshua twenty four and fourteen. Here again, the leaders addressing the the God's people. He says now. Therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. That's right. You know, listen, you see what happened to them. Right. They, you know, they, they were serving these false gods and they got wiped out by the flood. Okay, uh, let me just remind you about what happens here. In Egypt, you know, they ended up in bondage because they weren't they weren't pleasing God. They ended up in Egypt. That's right. Another place that's not a good outcome. Don't serve false gods, you know. So choose God. That's right. That's right. And he goes on and says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, listen, we're going to make a wise choice. We're going to serve the Lord. That's right. Amen. And the people answered and said, 
God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. That's right. They, they turned to their leader and said, what do you think, we've lost our minds? There's no way we would want to serve these false gods. We see what's happened. And, and so those are the two choices that God has set out. You know, we, we talk about, you know, religion in general, and, and, and it becomes this big, cumbersome, overwhelming um, whole, whole concept. But really, it just boils down to this one very simple decision. Do you serve God, or do you serve this world? Now, I thought this was interesting. Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs, wrote twice, two different verses, two different chapters, almost one word for word, this, this scripture. There, there was one word that was changed, and that was... Uh, um, Which one was it? I'm trying to. I don't know. Anyway, there's there's one word that's different. I'm trying to go too fast. I can't pick it out. But the scripture says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And then he drops down in, in chapter 16 and verse 25 says, there is a way that, instead of which, it was that. You know, so not really much of a difference. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, he found it important enough that twice he wrote this down. He said, listen, I, I, I want to make sure that you understand this. Listen, you can't go by your own natural thinking. You have to look at the past and draw from that. Because if you go by your own natural mind, it's messed up. That's right. your, your mind has been perverted by sin. And, and it's not until, until the New Testament, until the Holy Ghost is poured out, that we've been able to have our minds renewed That's right. so that we have God's way of thinking, so that we can look at things and say, oh, well, of course that's the right choice. That's right. If, if we, in the, you know, before the Holy Ghost was poured out or before we've received the Holy Ghost, if we try to make decisions based on this natural mind, we're going we're gonna to risk making the wrong choice because it's, it's not thinking right. That's true. You ever, you ever encountered people that just aren't thinking right? They're in the midst of a, a, of a, a very tense situation maybe they're you know deep in the middle of a of a trial and and their 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 mind is just so confused they can't think right people people tell us that you know listen when you have a, a a stressful situation in your in your life that you should not make decisions because you're not thinking clearly they say that you know if you have the the, the death of a spouse you shouldn't make any major decisions for a year. That's right. Because your your mind is, is not thinking right. You're dealing with the grief, the loss, all of that that's associated with it. They say that if you if you go and, and start making decisions during that time, you will make the wrong decision very often. That's true. That's true. 
And so they, they, they advise you, take time, let your mind get back to where it's thinking. That's right. <clears throat> but see, Psalm 16 and 11 tells us, speaking of, you know, the psalmist is speaking of God here. He says, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. If I try to rely on my own, there's a way that will lead me to death. But if I rely on you, if I, if I seek from you, God, then you're going to lead me in the paths that are right. That's right. And you're going to bring me joy. You're, you're going to bring me peace. There are going to be pleasures that, that, that come to me because I choose right. Amen. That's right. That's now, allow me for just a minute. See, because people make decisions constantly. You, like I said, you have made so many decisions already this morning. But there are two primary ways that we make decisions. There are value-based decisions. And they're habit-based decisions. And it's not something that we consciously, you know, look at and go, well, this is a, de a decision that I need to uh, make based on values, and this is one that I don't. It just kind of happens. Okay? Um, a a value-based decision, would that would be something like, um, oh, let, let's say you're out car shopping. You know you want to buy a, uh, an SUV, and um, you know, you, you've know you kind of narrowed it down a little bit. By the way, I'm not out car shopping. <laughs> Just an example. But, um, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're up in the air between, well, do I buy a Toyota or do I buy a Honda? Push them both aside, go buy a Ford. <laughs> no, but whatever those choices are, you, you've got those two and, and you, you start looking at them and you start weighing out the, the, the pros and the cons of each one and, you know, the cost and, and the value and the, you know, the options and all of those things. You start doing that. That's a value-based decision. You start looking at fuel economy. You start looking at insurance rates. You start looking at safety features and options and all of these things. And you're seeing which one is going to serve me best. Right. Now, the other one, a habit-based decision, are things like, you know, you're, you're in the grocery store and you're walking down the cereal aisle. You don't sit there and pick up every cereal box and start reading the label and, and go, you know, now, which one of these is going to be the best for me? Which one? Now, is this one, is this one a better value than this one? No. As you walk down the cereal aisle, you see that box of, I don't know, maybe it's Captain Crunch. And you go, yep, that's the one I like. It. There's no value-based decision there. It's just a habit. That's the one you buy. You buy Captain Crunch. You buy Cheerios. You buy whatever you buy. That's what it is, and you don't even think about it. It's just kind of that unconscious decision. True. Studies say that people make both of these type of decisions, but never at the same time. Never do we make a habit-based 
and the value-based at the same time. We, we go from one or the other. It's going to be one of those two. Um, but if you're presented with too much information, then most of the time they find that you're not going to make a decision at all. Have you ever had that happen to you? You know, you, you go out, here again, you go out car shopping, and, and you, haven't, you haven't narrowed any of it down. And you know, I, I want to make a, a value-based decision. But then there's, you know, 14 different car companies out there, and each of them have two or three different models or, 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 or variants of that type of vehicle that you want. And you got, you know, 30 different vehicles to choose from. That's, that's just too big of a, a decision. You just can't, you, you can't weigh all of that out and do all of the comparison and, 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 and make that happen. And so what do you do? You start just eliminating some things. Either that or you say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it right now, and you don't do it at all. That's right. That's right. You just don't choose. Right. Now, there's a reason that our, that our mind goes the way that it does. Research estimates that 11 million pieces of data come into our brains every second. That means that, man, in the time that you've been here, you've had, you know, I don't know, I think it's somewhere around 12 billion pieces of data that have come into your brain. Now, there's no way that your conscious mind can process all of that. It just can't do it. Brother, let, let me show you. Brother Carlos, close your eyes for a minute. All right. Um, Sister Loretta has on a sweater and she has a top under it. What color is the top? No clue. But you saw it and your brain's there. You, you, you've seen it, but you can't, you, you can't deal with it because you haven't processed that. Your, your unconscious mind knows. See, I, I was nice to you. I didn't ask you what color, color your wife was wearing. Because <laughs> I knew you would have got that one right, brother. Yes, you would have. Come on, I'm with you now. <laughs> But, you know, we get all this data thrown at us, and, and we can't go through it all. And so what happens is the majority of it, your unconscious mind says, I'm going to take that, I'm going to process it. And it's, it's back there working in the background, just going through all of this. And the things that are, that are, you know, in the forefront of your mind that are, you know, that are really important, those are the ones that your conscious mind grabs hold of and deals with. They say that um, they say that a lot of times those those um, habit-based decisions that we make that's because the unconscious mind has been dealing with things and, and so we just don't we don't focus on them to try to make a value-based decision and that's where how many of you've ever heard the the saying that somebody just you know they just went with their gut. They had a gut feeling about something, and so they just went with it. What they're saying there is that they left their unconscious mind. They just had this thought that, yeah, that's the better thing to do. 
And so that's, that's what they're referring to there. You made a gut decision. It didn't come from your belly. I, I'm letting my belly lead me on some decisions. And, you know, but <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, Lord help us. But see, they say that the human mind can only deal with three or four items at a time. You ever wondered why, you know, when you're, you know, when we're preaching or if you're in a lecture somewhere, they give you three points? You can deal with that. If I gave you six points, you'd be like, that's too much information. I, I can't choose. I can't, I, I can't wade through all of that and make a choice on that. That's why if you go out and you're, you're dealing with a salesperson, they're going to narrow it down and say, well, you know, listen, if you had to choose between these two, what would you do? Right. They know you'd make a choice on that. Right. Yeah. You know? If you go to, go to a salesman, you say, well, I was looking at these 10 different things, and, um, you know, I, I just can't make a choice. They're going to say, well, this one's no good, and this one's not available, and, and let's not do this. And, uh, you know, probably the top three would be these right here. Now, if you have to pick from these, here's the pros and cons about these. And, and you can look at that and you can go, oh, okay, I can make a rational and, and a, a value-based decision. Because that's the way our minds work. That's right. right. <clears throat> Anymore, and we lose focus, and we stop making decisions. And so God has made it easy for us. Like I said, there's only the two choices, life or death, blessings or cursing. And if we evaluate the facts of both of these, then it's an easy choice. You know, I, I go back and I, I read about the children of Israel. And, and, you know, man, when you start reading the prophets, I just went through a lot of the, the books of prophecy in my Bible reading and, and, and you know, the Old Testament prophets. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I look at the, the, the children of Israel and, you know, I mean, I, I don't mean this wrong, but I just want to smack them upside the head and go, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, God sent you a prophet to say, listen, if you keep doing this, I'm going to send armies against you. I'm going to destroy your cities. I'm going to kill people. I'm going to take you into bondage. It's going to be really, really bad. And what do they do? Oh, okay, that sounds good to me. But you know, but but you know, I, I really like what I'm doing, and so I'm going to continue down that road. It's going to be bad for you. Oh, but it's good now. Yes, but it's going to be a lot worse for a lot longer than it's good. Oh, but I'm going to choose to do it now. That's a bad choice. You know, we look at those things. See, and, and, you know, it's an easy choice for us to look at those things. But, but see, there's a little bit of a stumbling block that gets thrown into the mix here when we're making these choices. And that is emotion. All decisions are made to, at some, uh, at some level, there is an input of emotion in every decision we make. See, we deal with conditioned emotions. 
Things like, you know, if, if, if you've experienced, um, you know, getting burned, you deal with that. Now, if you just took that one emotion and you made all of your decisions based on anything that's hot, I stay completely away from it. You'd never have another hot meal. You'd never be warmed by a fire. You'd probably freeze to death somewhere. Not here in Florida. But, you know, somewhere. But see, we, we take those emotions, that experience that we have by saying fire will burn you and say, oh, but if I handle it safely, if I use the right precautions and, 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 I, and I do this and I do that, then I can enjoy the benefits. So we, we're overcoming fears and, and we're, you know, we're able to make rational decisions. That's right. If we made all of, of our, our decisions without, without overcoming fears, we would become paralyzed. Because fear can become debilitating if you don't deal with it. If, if you start allowing fear just to be a roadblock and say, no, that's an absolute no-go. You know, I, I got shocked one time, and so I'll never use electricity again. Really? How about just learning to be safe with electricity? You know? But we take those same fears and we allow them to, to begin to compound in our life. And, 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 and that's because we, we're, we're thinking with a flawed mind. And God, the, the scripture says God has not given us the spirit of fear. And so what and if you go on in that passage, it talks about three things that he gives us. Yeah. And so keeping with with the, the theme here that you can process three things, I'm gonna talk about those three things. Because right. I don't want to put more on you than you can handle. That's right. Amen. Isn't that nice of me? Amen. <laughs> He said that in order to overcome fear, he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Now, power. It is much easier to make a decision if you're approaching that decision from a position of power. You ever experienced that? You're, you're, you're more in control of a situation. You're not... At the, at the mercy of somebody else and you have to make a decision, you can walk in, you can rationalize it, you can say, that's the choice. You know that, you know, you've got, you got $100 that you can go buy a, no, that's not going to work, $200 that you can go buy a new outfit. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't buy a pair of shoes now for 100 bucks. Anyway, um, well, I guess you can. <laughs> um, if you know that you've got two hundred dollars to spend on an outfit, you can walk in and you can make. You know, you're in control of that situation, right. and so you're a, a, a position of power. You, you know, you have control over what you do and the choices, and so you can go. Yeah, I can do this. That's what God said. He gives you. He gives us power. He gives us that, that control. And it's not in ourself 
but it's through him. Amen. God gives that to us. Amen. See, when, when we receive the Holy Ghost, he said that there is a power that comes with that. Right. Now, I know that there's power over the enemy, but there's also that same power like God has to where he has wisdom and knowledge. Amen. <laughs> wisdom is power. Knowledge is power. Those things enable us. And so God's teaching here in, in his word, and he's saying, listen, I will give you power so that you can overcome fear. Amen. You're able to make good choices once you, you know, with, with the help of the Holy Ghost because he gives you power. Yes. Amen. Amen. Love. <clears throat> one, of the, uh, one of the things that researchers have shown is that if somebody is trying to make a decision and, and they're out there all by themselves, you're, you're in a boardroom and you have to make a decision. And nobody around you is supporting you or, or, or you know, standing against you. It, this, Brother Chris, this is your call. Yours alone. Stand or fail at rest on your shoulders. You have to make this choice. You can't get input from anybody else. This is you, and it's all on your shoulders, ma'am. You've got to make this choice. Wouldn't it be so much, so much easier to make that choice if you have some people standing around you and saying, hey, listen, man, I stand with him. I've, I've read the research. I know where he's going. I agree with him. Yeah. And then, then somebody else comes up and says, you know what? I'm the same. Or, or even if you had somebody that said, you know what, Brother Chris? Listen, you make what you think is the right call. You make the choice that you think is right. And either way, you and I are good, and I'm going to stand by you. You know why? Because you're my brother, and I love you. And listen, if you make a bad choice, it's not the end of the world. God will help us. We'll get through it. But I care enough about you that, that one single choice isn't going to destroy our relationship. It makes it a whole lot easier to make choices. And God said, I'll give you love, my love, God's love. He gives us his love so that, listen, when we're making choices, we know that we're not on our own. That's right. Amen. And listen, there's times where you're going to make the wrong choice. If there's anybody here that you've ever made the right choice every time, please raise your hand. I, I, I want to see who it is. <laughs> Man, I, I look back in life on some of the choices I made. I, I'm embarrassed. You know, I'm like, really? What in the world was I thinking? But you know what? God doesn't stop loving us just because we make a bad choice. He says, come here, let me, let me help you. Come, come here and, and let, me, let me show my love. Listen, that hasn't, that hasn't you know, disqualified you from anything. You made a bad choice. There's, you know, sometimes there's some consequences, a price, that, a, a stupid tax, if you will. You know, sometimes we've got to pay a little stupid tax. But you know what? He's still right there with us. And, and you know the wonderful thing about God's love? If we have to pay stupid tax, he's still the provider and gives us what we need to pay. Amen. Listen, don't tell me you haven't been there. We've made some mistakes and we're going, I don't know how in the world 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with this situation. And somehow God shows up and, and he helps us out of that. That's right. Listen, see, God said, I'll give you love so that you can overcome fear. And when you overcome fear, you can you can make good choices. Amen. And the last one is a sound mind. Amen. We talked briefly about this, but see, our minds have been polluted by sin and things of this world. Every one of us, when we were born, we were born with uh, with a mental sickness. That's true. It was called sin. And, and, and the way that God created us to think, we didn't think that way. Our thoughts were, were uh, controlled. They were influenced by lust, by uh, greed, by, by all kinds of different sins that would, that would pull on us. That's why, you know, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard several people talk about this in the past, but they talk about, you know, one of the first things that a kid learns to say is, mine. Mind. You know, that's what our, how our mind is wired as, as, as a sinful person. We go, oh, greed, that's mine. That's mine, everything here is mine. If that's yours, it's mine. <laughs> we think like animals sometimes. My dog thinks that every bit of food in the house is his. It doesn't matter whose plate it's on. It's his. And our, our minds, we, we think like that. And God says, listen, I'm going to give you a sound mind. That's so what does it mean to have a sound mind? A sound mind means to be one that is thinking correctly. One that is functioning properly. It's got the right inputs and the right, you know, the right influences on it. That's right. How do we get a sound mind? Well, Scripture talks about it. Talks about how that our minds are renewed when, when, when we're born again, when we're, when we're baptized and, and we're filled with the Spirit, that our minds are renewed. That, that they're transformed. Yes. They're, they're changed so that the things that, that we used to do, we don't want to do those anymore. That's right. The things that we used to not want to do, guess what? Now we want to do those. That's right. we, we have a mind that's transformed to be pleasing to God instead of to be the enemy of God or to be enmity with God. That's right. And so God taught, uh, changes us and transforms us through the power of the Spirit. And he said, listen, if you'll allow me these three things, you'll be able to overcome fear and you'll be able to make right choices. See, our choices direct the path that we walk, but they also affect the path that others travel around us because the scripture talks about us being a light unto this world. If I'm making poor choices, if I'm, if I'm not making right decisions, then I'm influencing others around me because they look at us and they go, oh, that person's a child of God. They're a Christian. Well, they made this choice, so that must be the right thing. They, they, they do this. They act in this manner, so that must be acceptable. And, and God says, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to make right choices. That's right. Amen. 
The world looks at us, and, and we are an influence to how they react to God. God starts dealing with them, and, and you know, God's, God's trying to reach them, just like he's doing right now. Amen. There are people all, all around us here that God's trying to reach to. He's, right. he's dealing with their hearts even right now. As, as we're in here enjoying the presence of God, there are people in their homes, there's people in work, there's people in their cars, and God's dealing with them even right now, and he's saying, listen, you really need me. That's right, that's right. You, you've been crying out for help, and, and I got, I, I've got the help that you need, but you've got to come to. That's right. He's dealing with them. Yes. And, and if we're making wrong decisions, if we're making bad choices, it affects what other people do for God. You know, I mean, the, the God's own people, the children of Israel, when they turned to other gods, when they would do those things, God said, that's it, I'm going I'm to you know, have you go into exile, I'm going to wipe you out, I'm going to wipe out the cities, all of these things. And, and there were many times that men of God would go to God and would plead to God on the behalf of the, the, the children that had made poor decisions and said, God, listen, don't do this because we don't want, uh, we don't want it to be a reproach to your name. That's right. Amen. Mm. <laughs> you know, listen, I, God, I don't want my actions to be a reproach or to, to cause you to bring a reproach on your name. That's right. God, help me. Yes. yes. Help me, God, to make right choices. That's right. I want to choose life. Amen. I want to choose blessings. Yes. Amen. You know, as we close, stand with me today. I thought it was interesting because in Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes about a choice that he had to make. Beginning in verse 21, Paul writes, and he, he's, he's writing to the Philippian church, and he says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I've got a choice here. If I live, I'm going to be of use to God. But you know what? Man, if, if, if I just went ahead and died, man, what a good thing for me, because I wouldn't have to put up with being in prison. I wouldn't have to put up with the beatings, with the persecution, with the ridicule. I wouldn't have to put up with all this. I could be into the presence of God. Man, that's a benefit to me. But then he goes on and he says, but if I live in the flesh, if I stay here and let this flesh live, then that's a fruit of my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I want not. In other words, he said, I, I, man, I'm, I'm torn between two decisions here. You know, I don't know what I want to do here. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful to you. See, when, we're, when we have the mind of Christ, when our mind has been transformed, it's more than a desire to feed this flesh. It's more than a desire of, of what's, what's pleasing to me. What do I enjoy? What's beneficial to me? That's true. But we put others out there and we say, not only me, God, but Lord, what's the best for other people? 
Right. Right. That's right. That's right. Man, I'll tell you, as a as a human. That's a, a, a very tough thing for most people to do, to say, listen, more than what I want, what do others want? What, what's beneficial to other people? It's true. I know. That's right. It's, it's difficult to put others before yourself. Mm -hmm. Just nature, just our natural man. That's right. And he finally wraps it up and says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Amen. So listen, even though my flesh would just rather go home and be with Jesus, yeah. I know that I'm going to abide. I'm yeah. going to stay here yeah. because I, I want to help you. Yeah. I, I want to increase your faith. Yeah. I, I want God to grow in you. I, I want to see souls saved. I want to see other people make right choices. Amen. And so Paul was willing to, to sacrifice himself. Paul didn't have any question about, you know, dying and going to hell. He knew that he had, he had you know, run, run the race. He had, you know, he, he'd done good. That's right. God was pleased with him. And if he died, he, he felt confident that he was going to be in the presence of God. That's right. He knew that he had obeyed the plan of salvation. But he said, it's more than just me. That's right. It's more than just me. That's right. <laughs> uh, listen, today I know that, that there are people here, and, and you're, you're looking at the pastor, and you're saying, Pastor, I've already made the choice. I, I, I've, already, I've already given my life to God. I've already obeyed the plan of salvation. Why are you talking to me about decisions? Because the decisions don't stop just with saying, okay, I'm going to be a Christian. That's right. I, I talked to you earlier about, you know, all the decisions that you've already made today. So many of those have been, because I'm a Christian, because I love God, because I want to serve God and please Him, here are some decisions that I'm going to make. I, I'm going to get up out of this nice, warm, comfy bed. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to dress whole. I get up, and, and I'm going to go and, and assemble together with other believers because there may be someone there that, that, can minister, that I can minister to. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go because I want to offer my worship up to God. That's right. Because you know what? God is good and he deserves my worship. He deserves my praise. And so instead of my flesh controlling my decisions, I, I'm going to make more decisions that are towards God. Yes. I'm going to choose to be pleasing to God. Amen. I'm going to choose to sacrifice myself. Listen, very soon, in the, I, I feel in the, in the very near future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about the difference between an altar and a platform. Amen. But listen, God has called us to present our lives a living sacrifice. That's right. Living ready. Yes. Living ready. Yes. He, he says, listen, you have to make choices every day. It's more than just choosing to be a Christian. Right. There used to be a song that talked about that. I choose to be a Christian. That's right. Great. 
Now choose to live like Christ. Now choose to sacrifice yourself. Now choose to, to put others ahead of your own self. Ooh, ooh, pastor, now you're just stepping on your toe. That's all right, I'm stepping on mine too. Listen, this is still flesh right here. I still battle with that. We all do. But we have to make choices that are pleasing to God. And you know the beautiful thing about it? God's going to help us. He's going to enable us. And he's going to bless us. Because we're choosing life. That's right. Thank you, God. Let's just let's give him a, a little praise right now. Let's just give him a little worship right now. Oh God. Lord, I thank you that you Lord, 